My name is Dr. Tram Jones. Starting in December 2019, my wife and I lived in Haiti. Recently, given the current insecurity, we are out of the country, but we continue to support and work with our partner clinic, Lesquati Moon, with its 53 employees on the ground in the city of Quadibouquet, Haiti. For Haiti and many parts of the world, this is a sad week. Buried by much of the headlines on Ukraine and the receding wave of Omicron, one of the most influential men in global health died an unexpected death in Kigali, Rwanda. Paul Farmer was unquestionably the most famous man in global health, and arguably one of the four most famous doctors alive today, and, in my humble opinion, a more apt role model than his competition such as Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Oz, and even Atul Gawande. In lieu of continuing our series on business in the developing world, we are going to dedicate this episode to him. For those of you that have not read the famous biography of his life, Mountains Beyond Mountains, here is a brief synopsis of a remarkable life. Farmer was born poor and grew up in Florida, living with his five siblings variously in a converted bus without running water or a beat-up, unseaworthy parked boat. In his childhood, when his family was short on money, he and his siblings picked citrus fruits in Florida, side-by-side with Haitian immigrants. Despite his humble beginnings, he was intensely curious and hungry for knowledge. He received a full scholarship to Duke and embarked on a study of a somewhat esoteric branch called medical anthropology. After graduating from Duke, he applied to Harvard Medical School. At the same time, he traveled to Haiti for the first time, intending to spend a year studying and learning about the culture. There he found people who were poor beyond his imagining, making his own childhood seem luxurious. He was in Haiti when he learned that he had been accepted to Harvard. While at the medical school, he continued to travel to Haiti, returning to Boston to take his tests, studying with copious flashcards on the plane ride back and forth. His professors turned a blind eye to his absenteeism because his grades were excellent and he was gaining more experience in tropical medicine than any of his attendings. By his third year in medical school, he had started a clinic in the poor highlands of Haiti. As he went on to finish his MD and PhD, and later finish a residency in internal medicine and a fellowship in infectious disease, the large clinic slowly grew to a small hospital, and in 2010, grew into a large hospital. Their 300-bed facility in the center of Haiti is undeniably the best hospital in Haiti, and its residency program is considered the best in any developing country. During this time, he married his wife, Didi, a Haitian from the same area as the hospital. Farmer's vision spread as more people joined his team. They began to build outposts in Peru, Mexico, and Lesotho. They built a world-renowned cancer treatment center in Rwanda. They battled Ebola in Sierra Leone. They led the world's fight against multidrug-resistant tuberculosis. Everywhere they went, they viewed themselves as partners with the local health ministry. They worked to build systems, not just institutions. Today, they have 18,000 employees in 10 countries. And unlike what is in vogue today, when they go somewhere, they go to stay, making common cause with the world's poor. I want to take a moment to reflect on some of Farmer's quotes and thoughts. He was the ultimate intellectual and academic, but he was not steeped in saying the right thing to make people feel comfortable. He was more likely to use terms like poor and suffering than the more sterile and less affecting words of economically disadvantaged people. He loved to rail on those who only agreed with him in principle. To quote, Many think all the world's problems can be fixed without any cost to themselves. We don't believe that. There's a lot to be said for sacrifice, remorse, even pity. It's what separates us from roaches. 
He believed that action and sacrifice were necessary. Posting on social media or saying the right thing wasn't as important as being in true solidarity with those that were suffering. The idea that all suffering isn't equal was an article of faith for him and his organization, generated in reaction to the many times when they had tried to raise money and instead had been offered lectures about the universality of suffering or simply lines like the rich have their problems too. I know what he's talking about. Until you've seen a child die from a lack of food or heard the near constant cackle of gunfire or talked to person after person who has had a loved one kidnapped, it's hard to realize this. This does not mean that there's no suffering in the rich world, but it's not the same. Perhaps one of the most piercing Paul Farmer anecdotes is when he and some of his colleagues were driving in Haiti and came across an overturned, overloaded fruit truck. A little way ahead, unceremoniously covered by cardboard, was the dead body of a woman, a mango seller, who had been flung from the truck and died on impact. The cause of death was termed an accident. But was that really what we should say? The road was unpaved because the government was corrupt, the truck was overloaded, and the peasant woman desperate to get to market because otherwise her children would starve because her government had not given her a chance to succeed. There was little that was accidental about the situation. I think of this interweb of causes when a starving child is plopped before a doctor in Haiti, the lack of agriculture because of deforestation, the inability to afford baby formula because of a lack of jobs, and the incapacity to care for this child and his multiple siblings because of an absence of birth control, and on and on. He taught the world to look past simple needs and go to the deeper reasons. This is how he would define the field of medical anthropology, looking beyond the microbes for the underlying structural causes. And yet, he also spoke to meeting the physical needs of the average person. As he said, civil and political rights are critical, but not often the real problem for the destitute sick. My patients in Haiti can now vote, but they cannot get medical care or clean water. I recognize what he's saying. In the West, we sometimes think that the poorest in poor countries want democracy, free speech, unions, and fair trials. I'm not denying that these are good things, but these conveniently don't cost us anything. In my experience, what people want the most is education, health, water, and food. Perhaps Farmer's most famous quote is that the idea that some lives matter less is the root of all that is wrong with the world. If you live in the world long enough, you know it's true. There is empiric evidence. When deciding if something is cost-effective in the U.S., we put a number on the value of a year of human life. For example, if we're deciding, should we do a CT scan yearly to look for lung cancer in elderly smokers? Policymakers may ask this question. The U.S. rarely publicizes this, but to decide if it's worth it, we generally weigh the number of years of life that would be saved versus the overall cost. If that cost is less than $100,000 per year of life saved, on average, we call it cost-effective. In poor countries, that number is different. It can be as low as $500 per life year. If something costs a few hundred dollars more, that's likely our breaking point. One could argue this is simply an allocation of scarce resources. But in our hearts, outside of money, We really do not believe that all lives are equal. I often ask myself how many Malawians would have to die for me to feel as sad as if I heard a terrorist attack in London that killed three British people. Farmer argued that all lives should matter the same. And our own faith would tell us this too. People often question whether what he did was cost-effective. I remember there was a memorable quote about a cancer patient that Farmer had spent $20,000 trying to help in Haiti. That money could have helped so many people. 
But Farmer knew that if you didn't value the life of the person who came in front of you, you were at risk of losing yourself and your humanity. Cold systems produce cold people. Farmer was a big shot. He was a full professor at Harvard, one of only 25. He had a medical degree and a PhD. He led one of the largest health organizations in the world. And yet, he often took the time to walk hours in the Haitian countryside to visit an individual patient who had stopped taking his meds. This sounds sweet and heartening until you think of it from the American opportunity cost perspective that you have one of the most trained people in the world doing work that an uneducated health worker could perform. But he said that the unglamorous scut work is the secret to successful projects in the poorest areas of the world. If you get caught up too much in numbers and theory, individual patients get forgotten and small problems get ignored. He thought and lived out the idea that without focusing on individual people and children, he could not tackle large problems. The world will miss Paul Farmer, and yet his organization Partners in Health continues to care for thousands of people daily around the world. It is, right now, one of the few organizations that is still functioning well and free for patients in Haiti, even in the midst of terrible violence. But more importantly, he served as the inspiration for thousands of people to follow his footsteps, including myself. And while his death is a loss, I think Farmer would take solace in knowing that a thousand people following his example is even more powerful than him alone. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we've seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.